Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO and founder of Bingham Group. And joining me is Associate Hannah Garcia. Hello, everybody. Uh, so it's we're recording this on Monday, uh, December 11th, and it's recapping some issues from last week in a special call meeting of council. Very, very, uh, I think, big week for city policy. Yeah, no, it was a huge week for city policy. Mm-hmm. We made national news mm-hmm. um, again, but I would say for much better reasons than we usually do. Well, some would say not, but some, would, majority, yeah. some people would say so. Yeah. And we're, just, we're talking about the home initiative, which passed uh, last Thursday in a special call meeting of council. Nine to two. Yes. So for those who aren't aware, the home initiative is what again? Yeah, so the home initiative was a resolution. Was, very, yeah, very true. Uh, proposed by Councilmember Leslie Poole that would allow up to three units to be built on a single family lot. So that would include like a duplex or a triplex. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we saw this come to council for a vote. It had had some additional amendments um, tacked onto it by Planning Commission. Um, one of those would keep the preservation bonus, which allows developers to um, kind of get more incentives if they pr- uh, preserve a home that was built before 1960, um, as well as other very technical changes regarding impervious cover, which is how much concrete you can pour, and FAR. Mm-hmm. Um, we also saw some amendments come through on the dais. Um, and so um, it is not the same resolution we received about, I want to say, six months ago? And there, they really ever are, too. <laughs> yeah. And the home, the home initiative, home stands for home options for middle income empowerment. And so, again, as Hannah said, this was a resolution that came out of Councilmember Leslie Poole's office of District Seven. And you know, higher levels talk about that again. And we talked about in prior shows, right? But major policy, probably the third one, major home policy, third or second major policy, coming from Councilmember Poole's office. This what again? This has been a year ago. We didn't see this coming. No one was up that this coming. And I think the council meeting would have also gone for about 72 hours. Possibly. Um, so, you know, uh, I think we've seen a lot of big changes from this council um, over the course of the year. Very progressive policy coming from them, especially related to housing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was... I think we talked about in our prior show about how long it would go. This was, so uh, as a record, this is the latest council, member, council meeting they've had to date. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I believe the last final um, remarks finished up at 11. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how many folks were there who spoke? Like a th- oh, over a thousand? A thousand people were signed up, uh, but it was 10 hours of testimony. So mm-hmm. whoever wants to do that math, everybody got about three minutes. Mm-hmm. And they started on time, like 10. Yes, yes. So they didn't take lunch breaks, so they just rotate off the dais? Uh, they were just rotating off the dais. Wow, so they went straight through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is now done. Um, I think we'll, we anticipate, I think, no, it's going to be a shocker, uh, some kind of legal challenge to this, just given, again, the past record of the opposing parties to substantive land policy that have come from the council dais. Uh, they're 2-0 right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, 3P. 3P possibly, we'll see, but I think this is a defining, it is defining that way because, um, you know, again, the, the type of council... Uh, Type of outreach that came from council with the home initiative, definitely. I mean, it differed from the past two attempts, mm-hmm. both from the V. You know, there was the package that came out this time last year, VM vertical mixed use two, the compatibility resolutions, mother ordinances or resolutions, mother LDC or land development code changes, and then the prior code code next. Yeah, and I would argue um, that this one is is a much more sweeping change. Um, 
than the other. So I, I definitely think we're going to see these homeowners be, I mean, we already have seen them be very um, hostile and a little bit angry at these potential changes, which I guess are now going to be enacted in February, mm-hmm. uh, barring any voiding of it before then. Um, and so uh, I, I have no doubts that we will see a lawsuit as well as they've already signaled that they will mm. be suing. But to the good, if a lawsuit happens and a court finds this, finds the city did, uh, you know, do all the pol- do all the outreach you need to do. We now have a legal standard for what that is, or at least the councils. Well, we the council, the council has a standard for yeah, just, that is future outreach because I, I don't see, you know, even though we have some elections coming up in the in the fall or next fall of twenty four, um, barring significant change to the council dais, if you truly look at the, the past votes they've taken this this last year. I don't see enough of change to shift that that um, that wave. Yeah, um, but we did see a lot of supporters as well. I think mm-hmm. you know um, the supporters were outnumbered at this last council meeting. But you know, planning the planning commission meeting, we believe the prior week, and then the um, in October, very end of October, the joint planning and city council meeting. We saw a lot of people coming out mm-hmm. and supporting it. Um, and we especially saw, um, you know, high school students come out, college students, um, yeah. college students, um, mothers with their new babies with them, um, a lot of families, um, and so uh, it's it was definitely exciting to see that people, you know, on both sides were activated and ready. And um, I, I got to listen to we both got to listen to a lot of testimony throughout mm-hmm. the day, and it was um, I think it was very insightful. And, and I definitely recommend, especially if you're living in Austin and you're like, why does this person believe this? Or why does this person think this? Um, you know, or you have some beef with your neighbor for some reason, uh, come out to council and, and really uh, see what everyone's saying. I, I definitely think it gives you a better idea of why people feel the way they do on both sides. Yeah, and we'll post a link to the archived uh, recording of last week, December 7th council meeting in the show notes. And so again, it's I think whatever side you're on, or if you're new to, if you're new, let's say pullback. If you're new to city of Austin politics, this was um, this meeting was a great way to see a, a wide swath of opinions on you know what usually it ends up being one of the key issues that brings people out from the city around land use policy. There are, there are a lot of things that I've seen in our in my time around city council, city hall that do that. Usually it's land use or public safety, pretty much one of the, one and or both of those things. Or Zucker right? Park. Well, yes, yeah, so, well, yeah, or Zilker Park, sure. Or, that's land use, kind of, right? But but you don't see a lot of that. But, you, you know, the beauty of it is of those events, you can see a wide range of opinions. You can see folks who, on both sides of an issue, who are both low information and folks who are very high information. And I think that you, that ultimately, right, everyone's there exercising their right to speak and be heard. And, you know, it's um, that's our process. But ultimately... Those uh, 11 folks on the dais, the ones who have been elected to make decisions for the city, um, barring a lawsuit. Yeah. And, you know, but they're elected for that, that reason. And I think ultimately, you know, for folks who, and they, I know that was said at the meeting as well, some of the people testifying, you know, they were watching their votes and so on. You know, I say, right, if they don't see a person's fit for office to campaign against them or field a candidate, and that's happened before. And um, but ultimately, right, that's that's all part of the process, right? These folks on the dais, I mean, they're making decisions on a multitude of issues for the city and taking all the mission they can. I mean, rest assured, take our opinion for it or not, but they are very informed about what they're voting for and why they're voting for it. And, um, you know, ultimately, though, you know, they're, 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 um, uh, 
their rating is based on, you know, if they get reelected or not. Yeah, and I think one of the things we saw, too, was a lot of, uh, um, I guess, land use professionals and people who do research on this for a living, come mm-hmm. and speak. And one of the things that they've, like, researchers said, you know, we heard Jacob Wegman speak. He's um, at UT, director of, believe, urban planning. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, but one of the things they were saying was that, um, you know, there's there's mixed studies on this. Every city's a little bit different, and um, we don't necessarily know how this is going to affect, but we know that um, if the supply does not increase, um, things will not get better either way. Yeah. And so that's that's I think that's the one thing that, that numbers are really saying right now, and that's, you know, I think we've heard this from several people. It's, you know, if, if we do nothing, then what? More of the same. Exactly. That's what we're getting right now. I would I would hate to see that, and I hope that this does preserve some more housing for for folks who are are in middle. Mm -hmm. And and I think one of the things too, what I got from the testimony from some of the from some of the speakers was just, and I think it's rightfully placed. Right, there is a underlying mistrust in like some of the black and brown communities about city lending's policy because historically, you know, in the past, I mean, there are instances, there are you know, known instances where you know, those policies undermined black and brown neighborhoods. And this goes all the way back to like the 1928 master plan um, and other policies, right? And so, and, you know, the council today was the council that did these things, right? And the city itself is always changing and evolving, right? And, you know, Austin of 1940 and of 1928, isn't it going to be Austin of, of 2028? But these prob- these these feelings, these sentiments in general are, 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 are persistent. And I think for anyone who's interested in policy, both either who wants to run or is involved on the lobby or you know as an activist, understanding the context of this is you need to. There's no you can't you can't overlook it, right? Even for anyone who's promoting you know good length quote unquote good language policy based can be based on the facts you want, but for someone whose family experienced displacement, it's hard to you know it's, it's hard to. I think rightly so to argue that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it this this passed, but that's just more, it's more of a contextual thing of understanding just it's you know the why. Like some folks, they're the facts. It's not even the facts for them, right? It's based on something that ends that or an emotion or not emotion, like an, a real thing that happened to them. Like it's not a white paper. This they saw their home or whatever they saw the loss of their home. They saw the impact of their family, and I think as you know, and this won't go away. So as new policies come up, and they will, right? This is it's, it's a persistent aspect that folks, I think, who are pursuing, you know, positive language policy need to be always aware of, and work to build trust, you know, in the in the now, you know, understanding what happened in the past. Otherwise, it'll be the same kind of battles you're going to be fighting until time memorial. Yeah, yeah, and I, or until the cows come home. Here we go. In the time. Yeah, memorial. and I think the one of the last things I'll say on this is. Right now, just because it's so jargony, um, land use policy is gatekept in a lot of ways, especially from communities that don't have the time to sit down and read textbooks and Google, because that's that's how I learned it. I'm, that's how you learned it as well. It's just like a lot of reading and, and doing that intense research. Um, and it's not even like easy to understand then. Um, you know, we have, you know, architects and developers and all kinds of engineers that are extremely well educated, even they have to ask questions. They're like, what does this mean? Why does this say this? And the code, respectfully, it's a great, great piece of work that does a lot of good things for the city sometimes. But it's it's really convoluted and confusing. And um, you know, I think 
we've, a lot of people have been saying that since you know I've been in this industry and you know they tried to rewrite it twice so I think it's a very it's a pretty known fact that it's it's not in the greatest shape it could be in but um, I think that's one area you'll find a consensus on across both sides of the the LDC reform spectrum is that the current code is possibly antiquated. Yeah, yeah, no, and I don't want to call her old or anything because I feel like the code will. I mean, the code is the code is as old as me, so like, I mean, I'm like, it's, it's code. The code's middle age. I'm not age. gonna call you old either. <laughs> I'm not gonna call middle you age is fine. Um, but it's not easy to understand. You know, I constantly am having to like, I see words, and I'm like, what the heck does this mean? And so I, I definitely feel for every single Austinite who is working to understand it because it's quite literally, you know, our day job to understand some of this. Mm -hmm. And we still have to, you know, sit there and stare at it sometimes. So, or just call someone and ask them, right? Even, but even that, being able to know to ask what this means in the city is yeah, a, no. a privilege. You know, it's a, no one can do that readily. Yeah, and no, I, I hope, you know, we have the opportunity to, you know, do some more um, you know, work and because you know we we do have a lot of the resources. So hopefully, you know, we can all come together and make it a lot more accessible for the community, especially um, our Spanish speakers and people who don't speak English, because none of it translates right. <laughs> oh no, no. Um, well, that to record again, recording this on Monday, December eleventh. Council will be meeting for the will be meeting for the final meeting of the year on this Thursday, the fourteenth, um, barring the other special call of meetings, um, and they'll be back in session. In January, I believe, on January 16th of 2024, we'll have a link to the 2024 council calendar in the show notes as well. Otherwise, though, uh, the week's off to a cooler start. The cold front that came through on Friday, yeah, on I, Friday, on I yeah, came last back night, from Sunday. New York, and I was like sweating in New York. It's probably like in the 50s and 40s, and I come back here and I, I need to put my big coat on. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, you know, it'll be 70 degrees on on Friday, I'm sure. Or something yeah. Like that so. All right. Well, y'all have a great rest of the week.